0: Hey there, happy Black Friday, and welcome to episode 42 of the Friday Take 5. You're listening to the best five-minute podcast for history and adventure, and I'm Mark Moran, the host of this show. A new week means a new destination with another great story. If I have you walking away from today's episode with a renewed appreciation for history or a new travel destination added to the bucket list, then I've done something right. Hopefully, if you're listening, you're a fan of the show. If you're a fan of the show, I'm a fan of you. A gentle reminder that our Black Friday sale is live through the end of today. While you're listening, be sure to check out the store on our website, www.thefridaytake5.com, for 40% off merch for The Friday Take 5, to get a holiday gift for yourself or a friend. With that, let's jump in to our 42nd episode. Episode 42 is an adventure to Havana, the land of cigars and classic cars, and more importantly, the capital of Cuba. The Cuba we know today, like many other destinations throughout the Caribbean, is a product of Spanish exploration throughout the 1500s and 1600s. It got its start as a small trading port that was repeatedly attacked, and ultimately burned to the ground by various groups of pirates. All that pillaging gave the Spanish the notion that maybe it was worthwhile to build up some reinforcements in the city. By the late 1500s, the Spanish realized the true value of the port, effectively calling it their key to the new world. Throughout the 16 and 1700s, growth exploded in the city, and it soon became the premier port for the Spanish. Unfortunately for them, Havana and other Spanish holdings gained the interest of the Brits, and said British folks ended up capturing the city in the Seven Years' War. The Spanish would get the city back and end up fortifying it immensely, before giving it up to the U.S. toward the end of 1898 as a result of the Spanish-American War. For the next roughly three and a half years, America occupied the entirety of Cuba, before making way for a new Cuban government to take the helm. Though interestingly, as an amendment to the new agreement, the U.S. maintained the right to intervene in the affairs of the newly born country at virtually any time of its choosing. The U.S. remained heavily involved in Cuba for the next 50ish years to prevent the influence of other foreign entities that changed significantly with the arrival of the Cuban Revolution and the collapse of U.S.-Cuban relations. Fidel Castro and his brother, Raul, after gaining support for a revolution over in Mexico, launched an offensive against the Cuban government with a hilariously small band of 80 other revolutionaries in 1956. Most did not survive the attack, but he, his brother, and roughly 20 of the original party escaped into the Cuban mountains. From there, they began recruiting new members and began a long series of guerrilla warfare engagements against the ruling government. Over the next few years, support for the ruling government continued to erode. The U.S. withdrew their support for Batista, Cuba's then head of state, and he ended up fleeing the country as Castro's forces closed in on Havana. By January of 1959, Castro rolled into Havana and declared himself the leader of the provisional government. He was quick to implement a communist regime and kick the can further and further down the road on the fair elections he had promised during his rise to power. The U.S. was one of the first to recognize the newly formed government but relations were strained further and further as Castro's chosen path drove Cuba further and further into Communism and the arms of the USSR, a.k.a. Public Enemy number 1 for the U.S. during the Cold War. The Americans tried and failed on several occasions to remove Castro from power. The Bay of Pigs failed invasion, and the Cuban Missile Crisis helped drive U.S.-Cuban relations to an all-time low. Thankfully, and hopefully, the worst of Cuban-U.S. relations is behind us. But throughout the remainder of the Cold War, Cuba remained largely closed off to the outside world. With the collapse of the USSR in the 1990s, the Castro regime turned to tourism to help keep the country afloat. Since then, Parts of Havana have seen significant rehabilitation to bring in people from the outside world. A while back, a thawing of U.S.-Cuban relations even began, with the opening up of people-to-people travel being allowed from the U.S. to Cuba for a brief time. This policy allowed U.S. citizens to travel to Cuba for the purpose of vacationing and or self-education, Unfortunately, the U.S. policy has since been removed, and U.S. travelers are only allowed access to the country under certain conditions. I'm hopeful the return of people-to-people travel allowances is swift, because Havana is high on my bucket list. My dad had the opportunity to go to Cuba back in 2017, and the stories and pictures he took have me itching to make it to the country. If you're curious at taking a look at some of his Cuba images, we'll have those linked in the description for you to take a look. Once I finally do make it to Cuba and Havana, there's a few things high on my list that I'm making sure we won't be missing. First off is La Habana Vieja, or Old Havana. This part of the town is a UNESCO World Heritage Site and jam-packed with beautiful old and fantastically colored architecture, and with vintage American cars lined up and down the streets. Next, I have on my list the Parque Histórico Moro Cabaña, to see the historic military forts from hundreds of years ago that still line the bay and provide a great view across the bay to the old town. Finally, I'm psyched to take in Fusterlandia, a neighborhood packed with beautiful mosaic masterpieces that draws in artists and tourists from far and wide, seeking inspiration. Well, that's all for this week, folks. I hope after today's adventure, you're as excited as I am to get, a, get the land of cigars and classic cars on your bucket list. Until next time, we'll see ya. Hey there. Thanks for taking a trip with me to a new destination in episode 42. If you haven't already, be sure to give the show a five-star rating on podcasting platforms and share this episode with a friend. Have your own stories about Havana, feedback on the show, or suggestions on new episodes? I'd love to hear it, so follow me and DM me on socials at FridayTake5 or email me at the Friday Take 5 at gmail.com. Stay curious, stay adventuring, and have a great weekend.